You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hi, I'm Janet Willis, and my podcast today is part two of my study on the size of New Jerusalem. In my last podcast, I showed similarities between Ezekiel City in Ezekiel 40-48 to and John City in Revelation 21-22. Both cities had three gates on each side named for the twelve tribes of Israel. But I showed how there are six more similarities and God supplied measurements for both cities. This impels us to carefully examine these measurements. John says the city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its width. And he measured the city with the rod, 1,500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. That's Revelation 21:16. This translation converts the Greek 12,000 stadia to 1,500 miles. Now, as we read these words more than 2,000 years later, it's been assumed that the 1,500 miles are a linear measurement in each of the three dimensions. That's why most interpreters think New Jerusalem would be about two-thirds the size of the United States and tower well into the exosphere if it were to land on Earth. But we should ask ourselves Is there any reason why this is necessarily a linear measurement in each of the three dimensions? There is another way to understand it. Before giving the number, John says, the city is laid out as a square. Then he added, its length is as great as its width. The immediate context is a critical clue. He first told us the shape of the base of the city, and by adding its length is as great as its width. He's emphasizing that shape as a square. Then he gave the number, 12,000 stadia. He followed the number by adding information about the height, but his emphasis seems to be on the base. This focus on the base would make sense if the structure is shaped like a mountain, as discussed in one of my previous podcasts. John may have intended the 12,000 stadia to be understood as the area of the base of a pyramidal-shaped structure. He may be explaining how to calculate the number. To put it plainly, the traditional assumption that John gave us an individual linear measurement of each side may be flawed. We'll get into the math more later, but at this point, if we use the estimate of 600 feet to equal one stadia, the length of each side would be approximately 12 miles. It's a simple concept, but it has significant implications. As we continue to examine this interpretation, I'll give biblical evidence that supports this thesis. I'll show why it is more likely that John intended for us to understand the 12,000 stadia as the area of the base of the city. Thus, the overall outward size of the city structure would be approximately 12 miles in length, 12 miles in width, and 12 miles in height. As we closely examine John's measurement, 
we should keep in mind to whom he was writing. In my last podcast, I talked about how the Greek culture strongly influenced Israel. As we read the Bible today, especially those of us with Western eyes, we might not realize the advanced mathematics that the ancient Middle East had attained. In the history of mathematics, first-century Greeks are known for their expertise in geometry. Thus, in light of all this, it may be John's intent was for his first-century readers to understand the 12,000 stadia as the area of the base of New Jerusalem. Also, in my last podcast, I talked about reading the Bible in the right direction. We need to remember the influence of Old Testament prophecies on the people of that day. In this case, John's first-century readers would see the similarities between Ezekiel's city and John's city, and would likely interpret John's measurements in light of the previous prophecies of Ezekiel. Jesus expected those who lived during his lifetime to know the revelation that God had already provided. Jesus said to the men on the road to Emmaus, O foolish men and slow of heart, to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. That's Luke twenty four twenty five. Some of his hearers did have Old Testament prophecies in mind. Extra-biblical evidence shows that by 100 B.C., some Jews wrote of a future city whose base was roughly like this proposed size of 12 miles in length and width. The Dead Sea Scrolls contain several fragmentary copies of a document titled, A Vision of the New Jerusalem. The Old Testament scriptures had already given information about a future Jerusalem, and this document seems to give evidence of that influence. This document states that the city had three gates on each side, named for the twelve tribes of Israel. According to Dead Sea Scroll scholars Wise, Abeg, and Cook, the city's measurement at its base, was about 18 miles by 13 miles. We'll look at those numbers more closely later, but for now, remember the Dead Sea Scrolls date from before John's lifetime, before the book of Revelation was ever written. As we investigate the details, we'll see that the writers of this Dead Sea Scroll most likely had Ezekiel's prophecy about a future city in mind. And as we examine Ezekiel's measurements, we'll see that this is close to the size he gives. John's first century audience might also have understood the similarities between John's city and Ezekiel's. If they already knew the size of one side of Ezekiel's city, they could have simply multiplied the length times the width to get the area of the base. With this in mind, we'll look closely at Ezekiel's city, particularly the prophet's measurements. We'll understand why those who read John's number, the 12,000 stadia, most likely looked at this number not as three individual linear measurements. Ezekiel's last nine chapters, 40 to 48, give extensive architecturally detailed information about what God has in store for his people Interpreters have had difficulties with these chapters, resulting in widely differing conclusions. And even for those who hold to a literal hermeneutic as they examine these chapters of Ezekiel, 
The most misunderstood portion is the city, at the south end of the holy allotment. I'll examine several factors that have made interpreting the city particularly difficult. Ezekiel says, In the visions of God he brought me into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain, and on it, to the south, there was a structure like a city. That's Ezekiel 40, verse 2. Ezekiel is taken on a tour by an angelic guide. The prophet briefly mentions this structure like a city at the beginning of this tour, and then at the end, in chapter 48, he gives essential details about that structure, especially measurements. But the intervening chapters focus on a future temple. As we read this section in our Bible, those details about the temple can be overwhelming. However, those details send a powerful message. God means what he says. He's showing us a future reality. And included in that reality, just south of that temple, is the city. A second difficulty in interpreting Ezekiel's prophecy is understanding the city's measurements. The major challenge is that Ezekiel gives numbers along with a unit of measure for the temple. But when he speaks of the size of the city, the unit of measure is only implied. That's Ezekiel 45, verse 6, and 48, verse 8 to 35. In our own culture today, if, if I said, my height is 5'7", most people would understand I mean 5 feet 7 inches. Implied units of measure are not that unusual. But in this case, we need to grasp what God intended. Since the unit of measure is not mentioned in the original, some translators add the word measures or units in italics after the number to inform the reader that the unit of measure is only implied. Some translations seem to lean toward the decision that the unit of measure is rods and therefore say reeds in italics. Other translations assume the unit of measure is not rods but cubits and convert the cubits to miles. But in translations like these, the reader is unaware of the discussion. This has caused great difficulty, and is probably one reason many commentators avoid dealing with Ezekiel's city. Even worse, some confuse the temple with the city. Those who have carefully cross-checked the larger context have concluded that the implied unit of measure is the rod. Ezekiel gave the measurement of the complex around the temple as 500 rods. That's Ezekiel 42, verses 15 to 19. And then later, Ezekiel gave that same temple complex measurement as simply 500. That's Ezekiel 45, verse 2. The second time that measurement is given, the unit of measure is implied. This shows, at the very least a precedent that later implied units of measure could be rods. There's another reason to support rods over cubits. If the city's unit of measurement is only cubits, then the city is only slightly larger than the temple complex, which is not plausible. One last reason Ezekiel likely intended rods is the extra-biblical evidence previously cited from the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
the size given in the document, a vision of the New Jerusalem, shows us the writers likely believed Ezekiel's unit of measure to be rods rather than cubits. A third difficulty for interpreters is the size of the cubit and the rod. At the very beginning of his tour, Ezekiel defines the size of the rod. He explains how his guide had, quote, a measuring rod of six cubits, each of which was a cubit and a handbreadth. That's Ezekiel 40, verse 5. Ezekiel says the city will measure 4,500 rods in length and width. There's also an open space or border of 250 rods on each side of the city. Therefore, the city, including the border, would have 5,000 rods on each side. Interpreters estimate a rod to be from 10.5 feet to 12 feet. If we convert the rods to miles, then one side of Ezekiel's city would range from 9.94 miles to 11.36 miles in length. We already mentioned the extra-biblical document called A Vision of the New Jerusalem. That city was rectangular at the base, which is different than Ezekiel's square base. However, it's worth noting that when Dead Sea Scroll scholars Wise, Bag and Cook converted the original language to miles, to get 18 miles by 13 miles, they calculated a stade to be 704 feet. If we use the more common estimate of a stade of 600 feet, the size of the city would be about 11 miles on the two shorter sides. One last important parallel is that when Ezekiel gave the size of the city he saw, he gave the length and width, 4,500 rods on each side, then he followed that with the total, or overall external dimensions, of the structure at the base, Ezekiel 48, verse 30 to 35. He says, quote, The city shall be 18,000 rods round about. That's Ezekiel 48, verse 35. By giving that combined outward measurement of the base, the perimeter, it's almost like God was setting the pattern, preparing us how to compare Ezekiel's and John's prophecies. Rather than just a linear measurement, John's number could be a combined outward measurement. In this case, not the perimeter of the base, but the area of the base. Now, let's review, keeping in mind the historical timeline of the Bible. Ezekiel's prophecy came first. The city he saw was between 9.9 miles and 11.36 miles on each side. Then, John wrote that the city he saw was about 12 miles on each side. Now, we have compatibility based on careful study of Ezekiel's city and John's city. Understanding that the ancient units of measure are only estimates, the two cities are similar in size. But these measurements highlight one last difficulty— Ezekiel describes the big picture, the holy allotment. God gives the prophet enough detailed measurements to map out the full panorama of this. That's Ezekiel 48, verse 10 to 20. Ezekiel says it's 25,000 rods in length and width. That's Ezekiel 45, verse 1 to 6. If the rod is the correct unit of measure, Ezekiel's holy allotment would be approximately 50 miles in length and width and would not fit on the present topography of Israel. That's possibly what influenced some translators 
to choose cubits instead of rods. However, massive topographical changes just before the millennium are prophesied throughout the Old Testament by at least six different prophets, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Nahum, Isaiah, Micah, and Zechariah, not to mention the last bold judgment described in Revelation 16, verses 17 to 21. And one of these Old Testament prophets gives a measurable prediction that reinforces this 50-mile square size. Zechariah reveals the size, location, and timing of when this topographical change will occur. He writes, And the Lord will be king over all the earth. In that day the Lord will be the only one, and his name the only one. All the land will be changed into a plain from Geba to Rimmon south of Jerusalem. But Jerusalem will rise and remain on its site. That's Zechariah 14, verse 9 to 10. Geba is estimated to be 10 miles north of present-day Jerusalem and Rimmon about 45 miles south. In other words, if Ezekiel's intent was for us to understand the unit of measure to be rods, it correlates well with Zechariah's prophecy. This massive change in the topography of Israel shows how Ezekiel's size of the holy allotment would fit. If we study the detailed measurements Ezekiel gives of the entire layout of this holy allotment, we can piece together the whole puzzle. Ezekiel 48, verse 8 to 35. These verses give specific measurements and locations of designated neighborhoods and a temple, which is distinctly separate from the massive mountain-like structure like a city at the south end. All this constitutes the entire metropolitan city limits of God's future capital, Jerusalem. When John saw that massive mountain-like structure coming from God out of heaven, he called it New Jerusalem. That huge structure will be the crowning jewel of the capital complex. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that future Jerusalem will go by several new names, but Ezekiel states that the structure he saw, the one with twelve gates named for the twelve tribes, will permanently from that day be called by a name that proclaims the precious reason for its preeminence. Ezekiel says, The name of the city from that day shall be, The Lord is there. Ezekiel 48, verse 35. Modern metropolitan cities often have a collection of skyscrapers that make up their urban core. For instance, in Chicago, it's called the Loop, and in New York City, it's called Manhattan. But in this case, God has only one overwhelmingly huge skyscraper that dominates the landscape. The Lord guided Ezekiel to describe what he saw with architecturally accurate words. When Ezekiel said, quote, a structure like a city, unquote, he meant a single structure large enough to contain many dwelling places. And those are the words Jesus used when he spoke to his disciples. He said, quote, in my father's house are many dwelling places. That's John 14, verse 6. Again, a single structure, my father's house, 
is so massive, it contains many dwelling places. God's Word is precise. To summarize what's been covered, I first showed how the many similarities between John's city and Ezekiel's city compel us to compare the two cities. Second, I explained how traditional interpreters calculate the size of John's city as three individual linear measurements, making it a structure that would be about 1,500 miles in each direction, length, width, and height. Third, I explained why the size of John's city should be re-examined and would more likely be about 12 miles on each side, length, width, and height. Fourth, I examined why the measurements of Ezekiel City have been difficult to determine and then showed why Ezekiel City is approximately 11 miles on each side. Finally, I examined the measurements of Ezekiel's holy allotment to show how the entire layout presents a panoramic view of how the city fits into the big picture. The measurements of Ezekiel's holy allotment, about 50 miles on each side, are compatible with the size of Zechariah's plateau. John's first-century readers, therefore, reading Revelation 21.16, could simply have used the measurement of one side of Ezekiel's city to get the measurement of one side of John's city. John's readers, then, would have understood this magnificent structure descending from heaven to be the city that God had revealed to Ezekiel. Now, over 2,000 years after John wrote, assembling the puzzle of New Jerusalem has been a challenge to us all. Information about Jerusalem's future is scattered throughout the Bible like puzzle pieces. I've gradually come to realize that God has provided the lid to the puzzle box through his prophet Ezekiel. By carefully consulting what he revealed, the puzzle can be assembled without ignoring pieces and without jamming them in where they don't fit. The size of the city Ezekiel described, about 11 miles in length and width at the base, approximates the size of John's New Jerusalem, about 12 miles in length and width at the base. I believe the issue of size has been one of the main underlying barriers that have held many from understanding that New Jerusalem will descend to earth at the beginning of the millennium. If this interpretation is correct, it must align with the many prophecies throughout Scripture that deal with the timing comprehensively and coherently. Lord willing, that will be the topic of my next podcast. May we better understand how God will answer the prayers of the millions who have asked, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's Matthew 6.10. Till next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 